Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week, we're checking out a new animated comedy on Fox, Bless the Hearts. So stay tuned to the end to learn how recently BJ learned why the show is called Bless the Hearts. To be fair, I don't think they explicitly said Jenny's last name in this episode. Mm-hmm. So it took me until after we finished watching that I found out they are the Hart family. And unlike you, I did not know that Jesus Christ was a main character on the show. So I didn't realize he was blessing Jenny Hart. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Who's slow now? <laughs> I thought it was like, you know how in the South we say bless their heart. Yeah, Does it's that... a, a play on words of both. I thought it was just bless their heart, but the family name. This has to do with Jesus being a recurring character as well. He's on the main cast. You think Jesus has something to do with the title, though? Yes, it's like both of those. They took the saying, bless your heart, or bless their heart, mm-hmm. and then they added in Jesus and made their family name Heart. But he's not really blessing them, which, speaking of, Beach, you want to get into what we saw in this first episode? Sure. On Bless the Heart, we're introduced to a family living in the South. It's supposed to be based on the triad area of North Carolina, specifically High Point, North Carolina, where the creator grew up. And we meet Jenny Hart. She's a single mom. She's strapped for cash, but she's trying to make things work while raising her teenage daughter, living with her mother and her boyfriend. And she also works at a local restaurant called Last Supper, where she talks to a hallucination of Jesus. Or maybe, you know what, she is talking to Jesus. And so the main conflict in this episode is that Jenny needs to pay her water bill. It's past due and she doesn't have the extra money. And then she finds out that her mother has actually been storing these collectible items, hugging bugs, kind of like beanie babies with the plan that hold on to them for like 20 years and then you can sell them and make what I think she said was 50 to (laughs) (laughs) $70,000. And then the sitcom hijinks happens where Ginny goes behind her mother's back to start selling these collectibles, but Ginny's mom, Betty, is the one actually buying them from her. So I believe they're actually building credit card debt throughout this whole process. Absolutely. And I also wonder why Ginny didn't realize she was shipping them to her mother who lives in her home, but whatever. In the end, Jesus comes through. And they're able to sell one hug and bug and pay their water bill. There's also a B-plot focused on Ginny's daughter, Violet. She is an artist doing her own like graphic novel, comic books. And Ginny's boyfriend, Wayne, notices that she's basing all her characters on people in her lives. Like her mother and grandmother, her biological father, who's not a regular part of her life, and also Wayne. And Wayne is disappointed to see that he is a stump instead of like a cool, strong superhero with like wings and stuff like that. 
And so he tries to impress her, building a fort from her comics. Unfortunately, it's not up to code. And so they actually end up having to get rid of it. But they have a nice little bonding moment by the end. So it's good that Wayne is actually a good influence on her life and not someone that she doesn't want around. There's a lot of heart, no pun intended, in this show. Wayne is so heartening in his attempt to ingratiate himself to Violet. He really wants to be a father figure in her life. Which is great because not everyone feels the need to get that close to their partner's children if they're not their own child. Totally. And it's great that he's actually making a really significant effort because that fort he built was very impressive. Yeah, it was a really beautiful and as they said on the show, whimsical part of this episode. So what did you think about this setting of the quote unquote South? We know it's based on the triad region in North Carolina. Did you get any sense of North Carolina specifically? So I would say speaking to the South more generally, Mm -hmm. their accents were terrible. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell if that was part of the humor of the show was the heightened fake Southern accent. I thought Maya Rudolph's was okay because she was floating in and out of it in a way that felt a bit more natural, but... Especially Ike Barinholtz's Southern accent was terrible. So as far as that portrayal of the South is concerned, as you and I have discussed in the show before, just not a great Southern accent. I also think that they intentionally had the area be especially barren, depicting lack of financial opportunities, and they had the South seem a bit destitute. And I don't know if that is from the show creator's perspective or if that is also providing that hick culture comedy for the show. Yeah, it was very confusing with the accents and where they are supposed to be in the South because it seemed like they were blending in aspects that you would associate it with a hick town or like a small country town, but it also didn't really feel that small as well. So I was a little confused of what type of Southern town or city they were trying to emulate. I agree. Confusing is the right word for that. But despite those poor accents, I would actually say that the cast did a great job with the voices for each character. Would you agree? Uh, I would agree, BJ. I think this cast is really stacked. I love each of these comedians individually as someone who loves a comedy, loves a sitcom. And this is no surprise to the listeners who tune into our show more often than literally once. I love Chris and Wig. I love Maya Rudolph. I think their chemistry can do no wrong. Even when the jokes in this first episode were a bit lacking, their chemistry was so good that they still delivered. Same with Ike Barinholtz, despite the not great Southern accent. And Jillian Bell was fabulous, too. Also, a special shout out to Michelle Buteau, who voiced a couple characters and was very funny in this as well. And she also is just someone to look out for. She's such a scene stealer. She is in the beginning of the movie Someone Great, starring Gina Rodriguez on Netflix. And apparently she improved most of that scene. And she's just really, really funny. So that's my thoughts on the whole cast is pay attention to Michelle Buteau. You'll be better off for it. Beach, how did you feel? Because sometimes my concern with casts that are this stacked is sometimes I get nervous that people surrounding the show don't feel as much pressure to make it quality in the case of a comedy, make the jokes land as hard or have them as sharp because you have your reliance on 
not just this cast being super reliable, but each person coming with a pretty ravenous fan base. This cast is off to a strong start. If you aren't from the South, I doubt the accents are even going to stand out to you, which will work in your favor. (laughs) And I do agree. I do think there are some concerns that they tried to stack the cast with a lot of famous funny people, kind of like those movies where the cast is like packed with just a billion stars and then it doesn't turn out to be that good of a movie. But I think that they are putting in the effort to make a good show. And I think the premise is straightforward enough and they're focusing more on kind of like situational comedy that I think that works in the favor of all of these actors because they're all really good at that situational and also physical comedy. So they're lending that to kind of add another layer to all of these animated characters. Speaking of these fabulous comedians on this show, we also get exposed to some pretty dark comedy because while the show in its animation and in the delivery of the lines, I think was supposed to mimic a more hijinks, typical animated show about a family that is geared toward adult audiences, Mm -hmm. we dove into some pretty dark topics. Like this family couldn't afford water, which is one of the essential things that you need to live. They didn't have access to water. They didn't have access to resources. They had no access to capital. And they live in this restrictive town that doesn't allow them to build forts in their backyard, though permit laws are a thing that get us all. So how did you feel about them finding comedy in these dark moments? Did it work for you? I think it worked due to the personalities of the characters. Mm -hmm. They're all relatable people, even if you are a single mom struggling to pay your water bill. Yeah. You can relate to different aspects of Jenny's character. More personally, like with Violet, I always wanted like a bigger bedroom growing up. So I can somewhat relate to her wanting her own space. Yes. Because unfortunately, listeners, her bedroom is a bedroom, a storage room, an art studio, a laundry room. The water heater is in there. Yeah. She has like no privacy. She hears everyone outside. So I I get that, especially as a teenager. That's when you start to really want privacy and space. So I think it makes sense that you can turn such universal problems into an enjoyable experience that you can kind of laugh at. And I think the unique value add of this show is the fact that this is a show centering on a single mom trying to pay the bills and the people in her life, like Violet, who are struggling connected to that. Because if your mom is a single mom trying to pay the bills and having difficulty making ends meet, obviously you are directly affected by that. It's interesting that she is the one supporting her mother, although they're all, I believe, living in the mom's house, and that she is supporting Wayne. And I'm curious to see what they do with that in the show, because unlike maybe the closest comparison could be a Bob's Burgers, this is not your typical nuclear family. So Bob's Burgers is this wonderfully weird, strange comedy show, but they still have that classic nuclear family element. Mm -hmm. And this nuclear family is alternative to that. Yeah. And I feel like, and maybe I'm biased from growing up in the South, this is a more common family than you see in media. But it's like very realistic. You know, you have a parent living in the home. Single moms are very prevalent, although they show up on a lot of TV shows. 
True. But also, you know, having a child and a partner that you're not married to living with you. I think these are the types of relationships that we don't see enough because it's not always and sometimes rarely is nowadays the nuclear family. So what did you think of the inclusion of Jesus Christ? (laughs) I actually thought that was the most fun part of the show is the fact that she works at a restaurant called The Last Supper, and when she's going through it, essentially hallucinates Jesus Christ coming from the mural on the wall at The Last Supper restaurant where she works and sitting down and chatting with her and genuinely offering decent guidance. Yeah, he's very supportive and they have like good conversations. And speaking of a stacked cast, Kumail Nanjiani is Jesus Christ and he's great at it. So I actually loved it. I think that that's the weird, wonderful element of this show that will be the interesting angle. Yeah, it's like the Brian the talking dog of family guy for this show. Exactly. And it made me think of on Big Mouth, how one of the little boys that Nick Kroll voices talks to the ghost of Duke Ellington. I love when shows break out that strange stuff. I love when an animated show fully recognizes that it's an animated show. Mm -hmm. And so it'll do something like bring a historical figure back from the dead or bring this fantastical figure for someone to chat with or interact with or some other otherworldly element. Even that fort was such a strange, improbable thing. And I love when animated shows recognize that they have more flexibility than regular sitcoms in playing with reality. Beach, what did you think about the animation style of the show? Before we started recording, I told you one of the first things it made me think of was King of the Hill. Mm -hmm. And I think that was just kind of the less polished look to all of the character designs. So another show it reminded me of from Adult Swim is Home Movies, where I think they have a very unique art style that doesn't try to make everyone look clean and attractive in a sense. Mm. And I mean, even if you think of something like Simpsons, I wouldn't say they try to make everyone attractive, but there's a very polished, smooth style to all the designs that I think they're purposefully not doing with this show. And I think that helps it stand out. It doesn't blend into the style of animation we're seeing everywhere. I don't have as much experience watching animated television shows or at least I'm not that informed in them. I thought the animated style was fine for our listeners who are like me and occasionally enjoy a show like Bob's Burgers or Steven Universe. We tend to just accept that animation as it comes. And I think with this show, it's no different. I think if it were any more fantastical, then the jokes wouldn't land as well with it being based on a real family experiencing real issues. So I think it toes that line well. What kind of storylines do you think they'll tackle with this show? I hope that they take advantage of the fact that a lot of the people on the cast are women, and I hope they really dig into the unique part of their story, which is that this is centered around a single mom. That's not something I've seen a lot in animated sitcoms. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that the storylines go around those two things, but I also hope that it's not always tragedy and we'll get into some more hijinks. I agree. I like that they're focusing on a single mom in an animated setting. And I think they can bring up some important and relevant messages, kind of like not being able to pay for bills. But I do see some more brighter episodes coming along. Even in the opening, we saw a few characters that weren't introduced yet. Violet seems to have another artistic friend. So I think we'll see some more lighthearted storylines. 
So you ready to head into our ratings? Yes. Beej, what would you rate Fox's animated comedy, Bless the Hearts? I would rate Bless the Hearts, would watch while doing laundry or cooking dinner. Easy 22-minute episodes, which is probably better for cooking a meal than doing full load of laundry, washing and drying. But it's funny enough that I enjoyed watching it. I'm not compelled enough to see some grand story about Ginny and her family, but I could definitely enjoy this as like a side distraction while I'm cooking. What do you think? I think the individual episodes are funny enough to watch by themselves. So I'm somewhere between would watch again casually, so catching it when it's on, Mm -hmm. because I already watch Bob's Burgers, so it lives within that block. Mm -hmm. Or I would suggest, because I think the show is funny enough for this, downloading a couple episodes or however that works for you and watching them on a long trip. Yeah. I have some work travel coming up. I'll probably watch a couple of these. That's a good suggestion. Thank you, Beach. I'm glad that you think my recommendations are good. I approve. If you want to find more suggestions, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It helps others discover us. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thepilotpod, where you'll get access to exclusive content, polls, and merchandise coming soon. Love some merch. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at thepilotpod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send thoughts, feelings, suggestions for shows we should watch to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. And we also want to give a big thank you to Ronnie, who is producing this episode. You can follow his work and have him produce your next great podcast episode at bristolpodworks.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.